listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number six. You might not realize it, but you could be sabotaging your healing journey. Most people try so hard to move forward and heal. They try everything they can think of, as well as wait for time to ease the pain. So if you're doing your best to heal, yet not getting your desired results, in today's episode, I will tell you several things you could be doing to sabotage your healing journey and how you can stop. So stay tuned because this episode is for you. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny, so let's get started. All right, so today I wanted to share a quote with you by Sean Croxton, and basically what it says is, nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning I give it. And I really love this quote. It's one to live by if you ask me, because as human beings, we give meaning to everything. It's in our nature to assign meaning in our world because it helps us make sense of it. The problem isn't that we give meaning to two things is that we only consider one meaning and run with it. So here's what I mean. We give meaning to things all the time, regardless of if we've experienced a toxic relationship or not. But when we're healing from emotional abuse or a toxic relationship and we haven't separated ourselves from our thoughts, the meaning we give to things can often be really painful. Not because we want it to be or are consciously choosing for it to be painful, but simply because that's how our minds are wired. Our subconscious minds are looking to be right, and that same part of our mind believes whatever we tell it on repeat. And I've said this before, but if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I want you to remember this. Your subconscious mind runs 95% of the show, and this isn't a made-up number. This has actually been proven by science. So let's think of the subconscious mind like autopilot, and 95% of what goes in there is run by the part of our minds we really don't even consciously have awareness of. So 95% of what we think subconsciously say and do is run on autopilot. That's a lot. I mean, we think we're in control, but the subconscious is really what's in control. The other 5% is your conscious mind. So let's just think about that for a minute. If only 5% of what we think about in our mind is conscious awareness, but the rest is subconscious, wouldn't it make perfect sense to tap into the subconscious so that we can harness its power? I mean, it's super strong. So if we hop back into the driver's seat instead of allowing autopilot to be in control, can you imagine? All right, so first what I want you to do is imagine you're sitting behind the wheel of a car. You have one of those self-driving vehicles. What you're going to do is you're going to type in your destination and set it to autopilot and the car starts to take you where you asked it to. As the car is moving along, you notice that it wants to get on the highway, but you know there's a quicker shortcut path along a back road. So you turn off the autopilot and you take the wheel of the car 
and you go the way you want the car to go along the back roads. There's nothing wrong with the car. The car is doing what it was programmed to do, to take the highway. This is how your subconscious mind works. It does what it's programmed to do. But because you know that programming, you can change it. You can take control instead of allowing that car to drive the highway, which will inevitably take longer. So the issue most people have is that they have no idea what's in their subconscious minds. It simply runs on autopilot, like a habit of thought repeatedly. And until we get into the program parts of the mind, just like the autopilot programs of a car, we can't possibly begin to change it. In one of my favorite books by Joe Dispenza titled Evolve Your Brain, he says, the brain is therefore not the mind. It is the physical apparatus through which the mind is produced. He goes on to say that the mind is the result of the brain. And as you probably know, the brain is really complex. So without the brain and all its functions, we have no mind. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Okay. So now that we know how the subconscious mind works, you can probably see how if there are programs running in the background we aren't aware of, and if those programs are faulty, we could be setting ourselves up for sabotage. So you might be asking, well, what kinds of faulty programs I'm talking about? I like to think of faulty programs as any thought or belief that was programmed into us or conditioned upon us that wasn't an original thought by us that causes us pain. Not all thoughts cause us pain and suffering. You know that. The ones that do are the ones that are not serving us but sabotaging us. So if you think of thoughts like, I'll never make it, I should be perfect, healing is too hard, I can't do anything right, these are kinds of examples of faulty programs. If you believe these things without question, that becomes your autopilot of thinking. Our beliefs create our emotions and our emotions then lead to our behaviors. Most of us have all kinds of faulty programs because the reality is most of us are suffering in one way or another. And these kinds of faulty programs step right up to the plate to start heckling us when we're ready to swing for that home run. They tell us that we will fail. They tell us that we can't do it. And if we believe that, we most likely will fail and most likely won't do it. Now, I do want to say this, your subconscious isn't trying to sabotage you or your healing. Your subconscious mind, that 95%, is really trying to protect you and keep you safe. So you might be asking, well, isn't it safer for me to heal? Isn't it better for me if I'm not suffering? And the answer is absolutely yes. However, the subconscious mind is on your team. It's your yes man. It goes along with whatever you've been telling it for years and years since the day you were born. Basically, your subconscious mind wants to agree with you because it thinks that if you believe it, it must be true. One thing I tell my clients and give them a visual of is this to imagine a huge storage facility, like a giant warehouse. You own the warehouse and all the millions of files stored within it. And all the millions of files stored within it is your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind has a file runner, right? So one day you go to the storage facility and you tell the subconscious mind file runner, I'm a failure. So the subconscious mind file runner runs back into the storage facility and pulls out all the evidence to prove to you what you've just told it. 
It pulls out all the examples of times that you failed. Remember, there are millions of files in there, but the subconscious mind agrees with you. It's doing its job. It's a yes man. So it brings you all the files that support the belief that you are a failure. It's just doing what it's supposed to do. Now, let's suppose you tell your mind, I'm not a failure. You go to the storage facility and want the subconscious mind file runner to go find evidence of that. The subconscious mind will do that for you because it wants to be right. It digs up evidence of all the times you were not a failure and it will bring it to you to prove that you are right. So regardless of what you tell it, the subconscious mind will agree with you. It has a massive storage bank of data to go through. Now in both scenarios, the file runner takes a path. If it goes down the hallway that leads to the proof that you are a failure time and time again, it knows that path very well. It's very accustomed to it. It's memorized it. In essence, it's easier to find because the subconscious mind has taken this route so many times before. So if you ask it for proof that you're not a failure, it can still find those files, but it might take longer. It might be more difficult because it hasn't taken this path before or at least not very often. Think about if you were the file runner and you knew exactly where the painful files were. If your boss came to you and asked you to look for different files, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. But the good news is with habit and consistency, your subconscious mind can start finding those less painful pathways in the storage bank of your mind. And then over time and with practice, it becomes easier and easier then it's not running to support those painful beliefs anymore for you. It's finding the ones that keep you feeling happy and at ease. So you might be wondering, well, how does this sabotage my healing? And I'd like to give you an example from my life. After I escaped from my emotionally abusive marriage, I found out all kinds of things I needed to heal and repair about myself. One thing I remember as a huge issue for me was being defensive. Because I was constantly having to defend myself from attacks from my husband and my marriage, this carried over into all parts of my life. It was affecting my relationships with my family, my significant other, and even my children. It didn't really matter what it was. If I felt slightly attacked, I was on the defense. And I use the word attack, but it's not really as egregious as it sounds. I'm literally talking about someone saying, did you remember to pick up juice at the store? It was usually stuff as simple as that, and it was immediately me trying to defend myself. So I'm out here trying to heal, yet my relationships are suffering and I'm arguing with people I love because my subconscious is trying to protect me, but it's actually sabotaging my healing progress and was keeping me from being the best version of myself that I could be. So how does this work? So this is a real example. I went to the grocery store and when I came back, my significant other asked me, did you remember to pick up the juice at the store? He'd asked me to pick up a specific type of juice he liked and I said I would. Now, I wanna preface this with the fact that my memory has suffered some because of emotional abuse. And if you've experienced this too, you are not alone, it's normal. But I did have a grocery list and I didn't actually put the juice on the list because I asked him for his special request like right as I was headed out the door. When I got back from the store, he asked me if I remembered the juice. It was an innocent and reasonable question, but 
immediate panic set in for me. Not because I was going to get in trouble or a lecture like my ex would have done, but because of the programs that were running on autopilot. I can see now, looking back, that the subconscious jumped into action right away. Things like, you don't remember anything, you're so forgetful, you can't do anything right, what's wrong with you, you're so irresponsible. These were just the subconscious thoughts running in my mind. And the trauma that lived in my body attached all of these things to a memory of hour-long lectures by my ex, constant criticism and silent treatments, guilt trips and things like that. My subconscious ran to the storage bank and started pulling out all of the evidence. My emotions that stemmed from my beliefs came up as fear. So remember, thoughts first, then emotions, then behaviors. And that's really important. The thoughts always come before the emotions. We can't even have an emotion without a thought first. And then our behaviors come up because of those emotions. So the subconscious thoughts were there, then the emotion of fear, then I reacted, which was my behavior. I started making excuses as soon as I heard him ask the question. Excuses why I didn't get the juice. I blamed him actually for telling me at the last minute. I even asked him, like I asked him what he wanted, yet I was blaming him. I told him that I was distracted because I had so much on my list and that someone had called me while I was at the store. And really it just turned into a mess and it just spiraled out of control. I was trying to heal myself after a toxic relationship and my subconscious was still sabotaging me. Not intentionally, of course, but it still was happening and it was completely frustrating. Okay, so I'd like to invite you to think about how this could have gone down if my subconscious autopilot wasn't running with these faulty programs. So remember when my boyfriend asked, did you remember to pick up juice at the store? Right? A simple, very innocent question. Now, if my subconscious couldn't believe things like you're so forgetful, your memory is horrible, you're irresponsible, you're being attacked, you're going to be lectured, right? I would have never experienced the emotion of fear because of the trigger to my past abuse. The fact is still that I did forget the juice, but the part that caused my emotion of fear were the thoughts in my subconscious linked to lectures and criticism and being emotionally abused more by my ex. And then my behaviors were reflective of my emotions. I'd have most likely responded like this if I didn't have those subconscious thoughts running in the background. I'd have probably said something like, oh, I'm so sorry, I actually didn't remember the juice. I should have put that on my list before I walked out the door. I can run back up to the store later and get it if you really need it. Seems pretty simple. And as you can hear, there were no excuses, no defensiveness, no blaming others, just me taking full accountability for a simple mistake. Just because I forgot something doesn't mean any of the things were true in the first scenario. Isn't it true that people forget things sometimes? Isn't it also true that memory issues are a result of mental and emotional abuse, so that could be normal? Could it be just as true that I am a responsible person and forgetting one item at the store doesn't make me irresponsible? Of course, all of that is possible. So what can you do? How can you get this to shift off of autopilot? Because the reality is these things happen in milliseconds. It comes up faster than we think we can process it. 
But if you pay attention to your emotions, you can do this. Emotions are like little alarm bells going off. As soon as you feel any emotion, you can rest assured there are subconscious thoughts running in the background. So when you feel that emotion pop up, whatever it is, first take a breath, just breathe. You wanna get oxygen into your brain. So make it a habit to, to take a deep breath into your nostrils for the count of four seconds. And then you're gonna hold that in your lungs for seven seconds and release it out for eight. Then what you do is repeat this for up to like three or four times. You'll allow the oxygen to reach your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that operates your cognitive and logical thinking so that you can think clearly. Because it's important we have to start thinking about what we're thinking about. So next is question your thoughts. Ask yourself, what am I thinking in this moment? What am I making this mean? What are the thoughts coming up in my mind? Are you believing things like I'm being attacked or he thinks I'm stupid or people expect too much of me, right? So you've been able to breathe, you've noticed the emotion, and now you're questioning the thoughts. Last, what you have to start to do is question the alternatives. Instead of going down the same thought habit avenue every time, try to think of some other alternatives. Is it possible you're not being attacked by that question? Is it possible that he doesn't think I'm stupid and that he was just looking for the juice and wanted to know if I'd put it somewhere or left it in the car? What else could this mean? How might other people interpret this? So all of this happens so fast, but you can actually train your mind to slow down so that the thoughts creating the emotions are no longer painful thoughts that sabotage your progress to being that best version of you that you can be on your healing journey. Another thing is um, not shifting beliefs, and this is how so many people sabotage their healing journeys. Most people don't think that how they are thinking is affecting how they are feeling, but that is exactly how our brains are wired. Our thoughts create our emotions, and our emotions lead to our behaviors. And here's the kicker. If you don't believe that your beliefs create your emotions, you'll likely never take actions to change them. And that means you're likely to continue staying trapped in the cycle of sabotage and unable to move forward in your healing. So you might be asking, but how do I shift my beliefs if I don't believe it? They are my beliefs. Are you asking me to change who I am? And my answer is absolutely not. Here's what I want you to remember. A belief is just something that is not 100% true for 100% of people, 100% of the time. So you can still believe whatever you want. It doesn't make it true. What you do is shift how you think. You observe your thoughts as separate from you. You are not your thoughts. Simply because if we're able to observe something, we are not that thing. First, observe your thoughts. And then all you have to do is question if what you're thinking is actually true or is there another possible way of looking at it? Simply put, you are taking your thoughts off of autopilot. You are no longer allowing these programmed habitual thoughts to run the show. You stop them in their tracks. You observe them and question them. That's really all there is to it. Give it a try and see the magic happen when you stop sabotaging through your subconscious and set yourself free. 
If you would like to explore doing this work with me one-on-one, -on -one, click the link in the description and set up a free call with me today. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in